Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Rachel, we keep hearing about the famous Jill Tippograph. You have spoken about your mom being an inspiration to you. Tell us a little bit more about her. Oh, man. My mom is going to love this episode. Hi, mom. So yeah, my mom has worked her entire life, which means it's inclusive of my childhood. And when that's all that you know, you think that a working mom is the way that all mothers are. But it took me a little bit to understand that that's not the norm. While I was a kid, my mom led marketing for Saab, if everyone remembers that car. And then she left corporate America when I was around 10 years old, and she started her own business, which now has turned into a conglomerate of multiple businesses. And I'm just so proud of her. And I learned a lot about marketing at a young age via osmosis. Pretty impressive. My mom was home with me and my three siblings when I was younger. And most of the moms in my neighborhood were stay-at-home moms. Actually, most of the moms in my neighborhood now are stay-at-home moms. But my mom went back to school when I was in junior high and she got a dual master's in audiology and speech pathology and worked for decades after that full time. I love when people go back to school. That's amazing. You know, it's interesting to see how moms who worked outside the house, how it has influence on their children's decisions to do the same, particularly daughters. In fact, Joanne Lublin, who's blazed several trails as a working mom at the Wall Street Journal, she just wrote a book about this called Power Moms. So please purchase this for your mom. And it's stories about boomer working moms like mine and yours and Gen X and millennial moms like you, Sarah, and many stories about bravery and some stories of what's really happening behind the scenes for moms who work outside of the home. You're in the book, right? I am as a younger mom, which makes me feel young, which I didn't feel until she said, oh, you're going to be one of the younger moms here. Uh, So that was kind of 
great in and of itself. Plus, it was nice to be in the book. The stories about me are pretty embarrassing, but at least I can say I keep it real. Sarah, I would expect nothing less from you. And this is what's about to make this podcast extra fun. It's two daughters of working moms bringing candor to every episode. So let's bring Joanne onto the show and learn more about her new book, Power Moms. Joanne, your new book takes us through stories of moms of multiple generations. Tell us a little bit more about how you segmented the moms and some of the insights that you found there. Sure. And thanks so much for having me on your show, Sarah. I interviewed 86 executive mothers, roughly equally split between the baby boomers, which was my generation, and the Gen Xers and millennials, which was your generation. And the idea was to look at how far have we come in terms of improving the status of working moms, and how far do we still have to go? Separate from the 86 executive moms, I also interviewed 25 adult daughters of that first wave of executive mothers, women who for the most part were in their 20s, and who I wanted to know what it was like growing up as the daughter of a high-powered executive? Did they want to follow in her footsteps? Did she actually end up doing some helpful things for her, like being an informal career coach? I got to tell you, I'm so happy you did not interview my daughter. So I'm glad I ended up in the later generation because my 21-year-old, I legitimately don't know what she would have said. As a mom, I should know the answer, but admittedly, I I don't know that she would tell me the truth anyway. (laughs) Well, it was really insightful because when I would get these you know, interview insights from the adult daughters, I would then go back to the boomer mom and say, well, what about this? What about that? And I think I got some good dialogues going. The other thing is that the book is very much a personal memoir because my publisher, HarperCollins, insisted that every chapter start out with my own personal anecdote about my trials, tribulations, and triumphs as a working mother of two and a very committed journalist. I worked for the Wall Street Journal for almost 47 years, started the career column. I had a very successful career. I have mixed feelings as to how good I was as a mother. And so having to start each chapter with a personal story caused me to do a fair amount of introspection as well as reaching out to my two grown children. Well, I love the concept of this book. I'm a product of a working mother, Jill Tippograph. Shout out to my mom, key listener. This podcast is called Brave Commerce. We talk a lot about e-commerce, but we also equally talk about being brave. And it seems like your book has a lot of stories of bravery. Are there a few stories that you could share around brave moms when it comes to careers? I think there are amazing stories of bravery that are really relevant. And one involves a Gen Xer, a woman named Katya Bocamp. And Katya Bocamp is the CEO and co-founder of Birchbox, which is an online beauty business. While she was expecting her fourth child in late 2018, she developed a very serious pregnancy complication. They wanted her to go to the hospital. She wanted to stay home. It was such a serious complication that the doctors said, if you don't come to the hospital, you could bleed to death by the time you got here. So she left her four-year-old twin boys and one-year-old son in the care of her husband, who became their de facto single parent, and checked into the hospital. What was extremely brave was the fact that she spent 
over a hundred days of the end of her pregnancy in the hospital running birch box from her hospital bed. She even negotiated a hugely important partnership between Birchbach and Walgreens Boots Alliance. Ended up actually closing the deal on the day she unexpectedly went into labor. And the deal came off and the baby arrived safely. She actually then came back to work after her maternity leave ended and brought the baby to work. And unfortunately, that didn't last very long because the baby developed RVS, which is a respiratory, severe viral respiratory illness that newborns often have. She ended up rushing her to the hospital and the baby was hospitalized for a week. And yet she never, ever lost it. She somehow held it all together. She ran team meetings from her hospital bed. She ran her company from there. And her husband was equally brave at taking up a huge burden with help, obviously, from grandparents and a child caregiver. It makes me wonder, like, should women work at all after you hear these like crazy stories? And now, thank God, my kids are are healthy. And I'm I'm a big proponent of working moms for those who want to be doing it. Katia is a she's a friend and a supporter of Micmac. And that story is just phenomenal. It's pretty exceptional. I mean, you have an exceptional story as well, Joanne. You were one of the first female reporters at the Wall Street Journal. What made you decide to go against the grain and become a journalist? I went to Northwestern. I did major in journalism. And during my junior year, the Wall Street Journal, which had a nonprofit called the Newspaper Fund, which they used to try and recruit men at liberal arts colleges to go into journalism by arranging summer internships at newspapers all over the country. They opened the Newspaper Fund internships to women for the first time and to journalism majors. So a fellow female classmate of mine at Medill at Northwestern, we both applied. She got picked for a summer internship at the Wall Street Journal in New York, and I got picked for one in Washington. So when I finished my graduate work at Stanford, I actually tried to get hired by the Washington Post and a couple other newspapers and then heard about an opportunity at the Wall Street Journal and ended up joining the journal in San Francisco. I discovered that that bureau had never had any female full-time reporters, although during World War II, the secretary in that bureau and a lot of other bureaus got roped into doing some low-level reporting work because the guys had all gone off to war. So at the point when I joined the journal, there were about a dozen women on the Wall Street Journal news staff. The highest ranking woman at that point was a copy editor. She fell in love with a guy at the journal and they called them in and said, we have a nepotism policy. One of you will have to leave. And everybody looked at her. And so she had to resign. Yikes. That's pretty wild. I don't think the same thing would be happening today. And we're very fortunate for the kind of crap you guys had to deal with and to make it a lot easier for the rest of us, whether or not you're uh, a mom or not as a, as a woman in the workforce, definitely stereotypes are breaking down and it's a lot easier for us than it ever was for you. And so we're very thankful for where the many years of probable crap that you got associated with that. So thank you. But on the other hand, the women that came before the boomer generation struggled even more mightily. When I was growing up, if a teacher at my school got pregnant, they had to quit. You know, they, they weren't allowed to, to basically teach if they had children. It was expected that that mom would, would stay home. 
before I got pregnant with our son, I asked my bureau chief, I was then in Chicago for a transfer to the Washington Bureau, because I thought if I was successful at getting pregnant, it would be great to live in the Washington area and live near my parents who live there. And so when I announced my pregnancy after having raised my hand for this transfer to Washington, my bureau chief in Chicago said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I said, no, 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 I plan to come back after taking maternity leave. So my bureau chief was sorry to hear I was pregnant because he was already working on trying to get me this transfer to the Washington Bureau and assumed that I would not move while pregnant for the first time. But as it turned out, the offer to go to Washington came through just on the eve of my third trimester. And I arrived in Washington in April with a baby due at the end of July, walked into the new boss's office, the bureau chief there. He took one look at me. And what do you think he said? He said, oh, my gosh, I knew you were pregnant, but I didn't know you were that pregnant. It's one of those things where you can't be half pregnant. That's actually like a thing people say. I know. Incredible. Totally incredible. Joanne, in the unfortunate few minutes that we have left, we want to hear what is the bravest thing that you've ever done? Well, it's something that had nothing to do with being a journalist or being a mom. Although if it hadn't worked out, I wouldn't have been either. But in my mid thirties, while we were on vacation, I decided to take hang gliding lessons. At that point, I had a two-year-old and a five-and-a-half-year-old and a husband who was a little bit skeptical as to whether this was a wise idea. I took an all-day class before they would let you go out and, and do your hang glide. I was the oldest person in the class. There wasn't anybody else older than about 22. And my husband decided, this again was pre-video, he filmed it. And there you see me running off this cliff holding on for dear life. And I was airborne for probably about 90 seconds. And I asked him the other day, because I said, what was the bravest thing you ever think I did? And he did mention this. I said, were you worried that I wasn't going to come back and co-parent with you? He said, no, I was afraid you were going to break your ankle again. (laughs) But it was absolutely exhilarating to be free of the bonds of earth without a plane. That's pretty brave. My husband never would have been okay with me doing it because I won't let him go skydiving. We're, we're pretty equally prohibitive of each other. But I guess now that my kids are officially adults, I probably should let him do it. I don't want him to die. So we'll keep him around for a little longer. You're not interested in skydiving, Sarah? No, ma'am. My bravery stays at work. Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much, Joanne. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast new episodes come out every tuesday i do hope to see you there